people spread out all over the mountains, taking all the land and eating all the food. Animals didn't have any place to go. Eagle, chief of the animals, told the animals that they could not remain in their traditional places because people had taken them. He asked them where they wished to go. Eagle said, What are you going to become? What will you be? I myself am going to fly high up in the air and live on squirrels and sometimes on deer. Hairy men said, I will go live among the big trees and hunt only at night when people are asleep. Dog said, I will stay with people and be their friend. I will follow them and perhaps I will get something to eat in that way. Buzzard said, when something dies, I will smell it. I will go there and eat it. Crow said, when I see something lying dead, I will pick out its eyes. Coyote said, I will go about killing grasshoppers. That is how I will live. Hummingbird said, I will go to the flowers and get my food from them. Condor said, I will not stay here. I will go far off into the mountains. Perhaps I will find something to eat there. Woodpecker said, I will get acorns and make holes in the trees to store them in. Blue Jay said, I am going to make trees grow over the hills. I will work. Rat said, I will go where there are old trees and make my house in them. Mouse said, I will run here, there, and everywhere. I shall have holes, and perhaps I can live in that way. Trout said, I will live in the water, and perhaps I can find something to eat there. That was the time when animals stopped being like us and scattered. Hey guys. Hey guys. And welcome to episode 20... Episode 22. I'm your host, Austin. And I'm Mike. And he's also a host. I am a host. As established last episode. And if you didn't listen to last episode, episode 21, this is going to be feeding off of that. And that episode is going to be feeding off its previous episode. Which fed off the episode before that. Which fed off the episode for the... the, 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 the. Before that. So, and, go back in know, time and subscribe to our podcast <laughs> on Stitcher, on Spotify, Pandora, on Pandora CastBox, um, CastBox, yeah, you whatever. We're on every major podcasting platform. And I just got to say, we have been ticking up with our weekly number of listeners. It's been awesome. I'm, it's pretty cool. It's very encouraging to see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you're just listening in for the first time. Go to, go to the original episodes. Welcome. Listen to the cattle mutilation ones. Yeah. But uh, give us a little grain of salt. We're figuring ourselves out. We're yeah. in the adolescence of our... As Austin would say, and I say often, we are hacks. I don't say that. You say that. <laughs> I do say that. Because we're not professional podcasters. We don't know what the heck we're doing. Or actually, we didn't know what the heck we are doing. And now and we think we know. We're like we're like teenagers. We know everything right now. We I, know everything. Well, no, 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 no. I think we know a little bit enough just to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. dangerous. But also, our mindset is we don't know what everything we're going to do or what we're going to know or how we're going to do it or what we're going to say. Mm-hmm. But we do know that we're going to learn more and we're going to get better and better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're going to have some good drinks. And you're going to keep waving some salami wrapped in pepper jack cheese at me. <laughs> you made this for me. It's really awesome. It's so good. Yeah. So simple. So tonight... We're going to turn the corner a little bit from, you know, kind of the modern view of Bigfoot. The 
the daisies and the rabbits and the welcome to Oregon's. Or maybe even the more nefarious, yes, you can take a drink if you're playing our drinking game. The more nefarious reports that come out of places like the National Park where people go missing. Mm-hmm. Or where people have been abducted and brutalized by Bigfoot. Or where um, Teddy Roosevelt's friend died. Got murked. Or his, yeah. his partner his, got murked. His friend's His partner. friend's partner got, yeah, gorked, bitten in the carotid artery with... Was it carotid? Whatever. What's the one that runs in your neck? What's that big one right there? I think it's carotid. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the carotid hold where you kind of choke people out. (laughs) (laughs) But today we are going to, as you heard in the opening, we are going to be investigating some of the earliest reports in North America of the creature that has modernly been called Big Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Abominable snowman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those guys. And what's really cool about the Native American culture and history and mythology is that it includes not just like one or two or five or (laughs) 10,000 types of creatures that could be called Bigfoot or Sasquatch. But there are literally hundreds of names for creatures in Native American mythology that equals Bigfoot. Let's say that the two words are salami bagel. And then you translate that from Native American to English, it would be like Bigfoot. Or is it just salami bagel equals the thing we associate with Bigfoot? So the the Native American names range from anything from hairy giant to hairy man to ice giant to rock giant to cannibal giant i mean you can just go down the list so it doesn't literally translate to bigfoot but it it, it translates to the same thing as what we understand as it bigfoot. does it does in one instance which is the instance that we read the dramatic reading that we had as the opener mm, about all the animals from the Yoku- departing from the ways of people yeah the y- yoku tribe in the san joaquin valley mm-hmm. has a long history and actual Indian names for that can be translated as Bigfoot. And I want to mention right now, a little bit of virtue signaling on my part. We're not good with pronunciation. No. And we're not good with uh, PC slang, whatever. Yeah. Indian, Native American, Native people, Native Indian, whatever, whatever is supposed to be used, just... Just, give us grace. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah, give us we're grace. Gonna, you're going to use as many different ones as possible so that we can cover all our bases. We love you all, and we do, don't want to offend anybody. So yep. if we are in any way, shape, or form, please forgive us in advance. Yep. Okay. We just people. We just some people. So strangely enough, the Yokuts tribe in the San Joaquin Valley in California mm-hmm. had names that actually for this creature that actually translate to Bigfoot um, and or hairy man. Mm. The hairy man translation comes from the word Mayak de Tat. I mean, I guess I'm saying that right. It's There's not a lot of um, like pronunciation guide or Facebook. Yeah, for or, these uh, ancient, ancient words. YouTube pronunciation. Right. So that would be translated hairy man, Mayak de Tat. Mm-hmm. And then the other one uh, for Bigfoot, the actual word Bigfoot is... Shun shun neuter. Wow. It's like shun shun, newt, and then an R with an exclamation point. 
So maybe it's... Yeah, something like that. But anyway, that translates in the uh, Yokut language to Bigfoot. Wow. So in that that little opening little read that we did that kind of explains the origination of the animals and how they live, the was it the second or third description of the hairy man? And he lives among the the trees. large trees, which could be translated sequoias. Yeah, so, and this originates from a, a tribe in the San Joaquin Valley. So uh, there's a very rich history of Bigfoot sightings and Sasquatch sightings in that region. Mm-hmm. And I just find that really, really crazy. So here we have a story that's thousands of years old, and it's been translated and passed down, sure. But here all of a sudden we find in this story, in the creation story of how animals became the way they are. Mm-hmm. Because man took over the environment. Because they used to be kind of like people. They used to like yeah. discuss and dialogue together. Yeah. And, and then when man came in, then all of a sudden they had to and like, they were like We got to get out of here. And the, the, the hairy man mm-hmm. says that he's going to go live with the sequoias. And he's going to hunt at night, night when the humans are asleep. When they're asleep. Mm-hmm. I find that, that kind of intriguing. Mm-hmm. Another intriguing part of that. So you think about the creation story. And you have all these animals... And then at the fall, if you look at the biblical yeah, mythos, biblical narrative. at the fall, all of a sudden it says in Genesis, it talks about that the fear of man will overtake the animals. Hmm. And all of a sudden the animals are no longer like in, are in yeah. harmony with, with humankind. It's like they're separated. And, and then after the flood, you have where all of a sudden now man is a meat eater. And before the flood, he was, he was a vegan. Mm-hmm. Oh, here she comes. She's a man eater. <laughs> right? So, so it's all these things are kind of weird, that, you know, that this is all kind of boiled down into this myth. Right. In the San Joaquin Valley. about how the, the, the snake will crawl on his belly and he'll no longer talk, right? And, yeah, and maybe things. that was a, a thing for all animals. Oh, my gosh. I mean, uh, so I bought this book, mm-hmm. and the book is called Giants, Cannibals, and Monsters. Bigfoot in Native Culture, and it's by Kathy Moskowitz Strain. And, oh my gosh, this book is awesome. Um, it's got pictures, it, which is important to me, because I'm a, one of those readers He's that likes lots of pictures, right? It's got all these pictures, and but it's broken down by different you know regions, mm-hmm. and you can kind of find all these stories that relate to Bigfoot in North America. And there's a map that breaks them down into these different regions. Like one of them is the Arctic cultural region. So in that region, you have a lot of, of history, like like the Eskimo tribes. Mm-hmm. And and then in others, like you have like the Sioux, you have the uh, Comanche, you have all these different Indian tribes. And they're legends of a creature that is basically the same as Bigfoot. Crazy. So they have the hairy men. You have the rock giant, you have the hairy giant, you have the cannibal giant. You have all these strange stories about these mythical creatures from Native American lore. Right. You read one earlier about, uh, just kind of off mic, about um, giants basically mm-hmm. having a war. Yep. Like So basically, but nice, kind, friendly giants taking in a group of people. And then fighting against and the then cannibal fighting giants. against cannibal giants that could scream so loud it would kill people that were yeah. small. And it sounds like these giants were 
huge giants. I mean, like, like at one point you talked about how they hid the normal-sized people on a shelf. In their wigwam that their was wigwam. the size of a mountain. Yep. Yep. Have you ever seen uh, or read the book BFG? Uh-uh. It's about these giants. Um, I don't know what BFG stands for, but uh, if you've ever seen uh, Boondock Saints, BFG to me just means big friggin' guy. But, big friggin' um, giant. <laughs> um, he hides, is kind of a kind giant, takes this kid, and he like keeps her safe. Mm-hmm. And the giants don't eat vegetables, so he like stuffs the girl inside of like a kind of a gourd type thing because they like to eat humans because they want to eat humans yeah and they're they're huge and the the one giant comes in and makes a mess of his giant apartment and Mm. and then he's hiding the girl inside a gourd type weird vegetable yeah well one thing i can talks funny the giant does yeah he he like doesn't know all the right words but he kind of like tries so he calls them like human beans (laughs) Bean, but, but it's not bean. Yeah. So, is this like a work of fiction, or is this yeah, like based on some myth? It's, it's just a work of fiction. It's oh. a kid's <laughs> book. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, interesting that you say that. So, I want to draw some parallels here. So, we're talking about giants that are cannibals. We're talking about good giants and bad giants. And and for those that listened to the episodes, just what two or three episodes back, and we talked about the Nephilim and the Raphaim. And basically these gods or angels that saw that women were beautiful and they cohabited with them and produced offspring that became, you know, the giants, the men of renown or the Nephilim in right. the biblical context. So some of them sound like maybe they weren't so bad and some of them were really bad, which in right. the biblical context brought about the destruction of the world through judgment and the flood, the great mm-hmm. flood. But in these Native American legends, there's always these cannibal giants, which are always juxtaposed to maybe these these good benevolent giants. Mm -hmm. So like in the Book of Enoch and the story of the Watchers, you have these these creatures. And it was it was even brought out by in that movie, uh, Noah, with uh, Russell Crowe. Yeah, we mentioned that. And and I put a, a segment of that on one of our episodes. And so these guys, these fallen angels came down and they actually like tried to help mankind, but Mm -hmm. they were cursed because they left their abode, right? Mm -hmm. But some of them came down and in the the book of Enoch, um, a lot of these characters were bad and the offspring of these, of these angels that cohabited with women were, were violent and they were cannibals and destructive and awful. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like you've got that same story in native American culture. You got these giants that were huge, but weren't necessarily, you know, bad. Right. And then you have this other, these other tribes. And we talked about that a lot of Bigfoot researchers believe that maybe Bigfoot are composed of like a bunch of different tribes of Bigfoot type of creatures. Mm -hmm. Some of them maybe have good characteristics. Some of them maybe are bad and really nefarious. So these stories... From Native American history and mythologies kind of support that. They all kind of tie together. And it's just really intriguing to me to see how they kind of marry up. Right. And maybe it's a little bit of self-fulfilling prophecy. Because we're looking for it. We draw the links where we feel like we could. Because you could probably draw the links to a bunch of other things. But it's kind of cool the way how easily these links come up for us. You know. Well, yeah. And you hear them and see them and you're like, oh, okay. So not only that. 
But like in a lot of Native American mythologies and different tribes, there are these creation myths or right. creation stories. A lot of cultures, not just Native American. Tons, right. Yeah, but we're talking mostly Native American stuff this mm-hmm. episode. So even like in the uh, the Sioux Indians, um, they have this uh, creation myth that's very interesting and it kind of has a feature of a uh, Bigfoot type creature. Um, they called him the Chia Tonka or Big Man. And in this little description, it says that the Chiantanka, or big man, is a kind of husband who is wise in the way of everything with its own natural wisdom. Sometimes we say that this one is kind of an animal from the ancient times who can take a big hairy form. (laughs) I also think he can change into a coyote. Some of the people who saw him did not respect what they were seeing, and they are already gone. They exist in another dimension from us, That's weird. but can appear in the dimension whenever they have a reason to. See, it's like they are many levels, many dimensions. When our time in this one is finished, we move on to the next, but the big man can go between. The big man comes from God. He's our big brother, kind of looks out for us. God probably being an interpretation of another. Yeah, it would be something. like it would be like the Sioux um, creator. Creator, something. yeah, huh. yeah, the great creator, the great spirit. That's weird. Um, and that's from uh, the Spirit of Crazy Horse um, <laughs> by Peter Matheson. Um, so I mean, here you have this description of the big man coming um, from God, from from Crazy Horse, who says that you know they see him as a multi-dimensional being that comes from <laughs> God. Yeah. So what does that sound I wonder like? What kind of words they used for dimension? Because I don't think they knew dimension. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they knew a dimension, another world, or another, another part of life, or a a parallel plane or existence. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know what that is. But this is just so crazy to me that they're using this idea of big man, who is from the spirit realm. Let's mm-hmm. just say that. That spirit a dimension, realm. spirit realm, yes. who can come across into our dimension and take a shape of whatever he wants. And that sounds very similar to a lot of the Bigfoot kind of reportings that we have. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, it's always he, I mean, like some people say he has a cloaking device and those are the UFOs. Yeah, 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 yeah. And other people are saying he's passing through dimensions. Mm-hmm. And then there's other people that say he's like on a different wavelength and the vibrations of his uh, existence occasionally mm-hmm. line up with the vibrations of ours and we kind of like cross paths, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So there's all kinds of little weird theories about yeah, it. and these, you know, what's weird is It these, is always dimension. Yeah. Dimension, and they kind of tie in with what we've been talking about, not only in this episode, but also when we were phasing out of the, you know, our, our series on petroglyphs and we were talking about all the legend mythologies across the world for different creatures, and one of them was this idea of giants and Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And they're everywhere. And if you tie that in with the biblical kind of narratives that you have of like these creatures that fall, they come, they cohabit with women, they have these hybrid offspring, and then that those are somehow disembodied. Mm-hmm. And then we in, talked in the flood or whatever in the flood or mm-hmm. whatever. And then we talked about maybe the need to find uh, a resident body, a resident body that they can live in. And we talked about the synthetic kind of ideas. And we talked about maybe it's it it could be some kind of cloning or some kind of genetic mm-hmm. manipulation that creates a body. 
we talked about like uh, UFOs and the connection to Bigfoot sightings and the supposed mutilated cows and yep. and these bodies that apparently look like baby Bigfoot coming out of cows be- after they're mutilated. I mean, it's just really strange. It is super weird. It's, I can't even believe I'm saying it. If you follow our logic, I mean... I don't even know not that logic. We, yeah, it's not, follow our craziness. If, we've, if you follow along, what is kind of assumingly proposed is that aliens... Well, no, demon or angelic beings are... The Elohim, which could be translated gods in are the little creating G. biological suits via... Bovine surrogate mothers. Genetic manipulation. To, to live in our world. And tie that with so the, <laughs> the constant repeating of every alien abductee talks about that they are sexually probed. Like there's even guys who are like, I kind of hope, I kind of hope that my trailer park gets abducted by aliens again because. When I went up in that starship, and then there was this beautiful alien, and she come out, and she's naked, <laughs> and she made me get naked, and we did, and 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 we and we they had a, they had a water bed, and uh, what one thing doing? led to another. <laughs> There's stories about that, like a guy gets abducted. Uh, well, and, I know. And- he, but you know he like gets abducted and then there's like a sexy alien that comes in. I've never heard of a sexy like female alien. I always hear about Marvin Gaye. He's been like so most of the stories though are people get abducted, they get they get like they wake up and they're kind of semi awake and something's communicating with them telepathically and saying, Hey, you know, don't worry, you're gonna be okay, but we're gonna like basically do all these tests that involve your sexual organs. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's very common. But anyway, that's a way far away, but it's also strangely connected to our it is weird. content on it is. Bigfoot because they all kind of line up with this weird basic concept that something outside of our dimension, call it Elohim, call it aliens, call it whatever you want comes into our dimensional plane and interferes with what's going on here in human land. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of weird, too, because we did a short little stint on, you know, shadow men and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and even they connect. And, yeah, even some of them kind of have, like, a sometimes sexual, sometimes, you know, kind of... Yep. They, they tie in less... But they do tie in a little bit. Well, and they connect also in the level of disembodied spirits. Yep. And dimension kind of transportation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interdimensional maybe manifestations of some kind of spiritual existence of Mm -hmm. something. Some, some, what would you call it? I was almost a deity, but it's not even a deity. It's some kind of existence of some kind of entity. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's got its own unique persona. It's not like, you know, in Eastern mysticism where when you die, everything kind of goes to one source and we all become one of the cosmos. Mm -hmm. Obviously, in all things that we're talking about here, about aliens and Bigfoot and even death and spirits, they retain their individuality. Yeah. They don't just... Persona. 
just kind of vaporized to nothing. Yeah, and they don't get assimilated everything. into the Borg. The they, Borg? They are still... Yeah, that's a Star Trek reference. Oh, okay. We are the Borg. Lower your shields and surrender your ships. We will add your biological and technological distinctiveness to our own. Your culture will adapt to service us. Resistance is futile. Come on, man. But I'm not old. <laughs> so, so yeah, they still retain their individuality. So I think I think that's all of these things are like kind of side rabbit holes, but they're all very interesting. Mm-hmm. Down that line, we also have in a lot of Native American mythology, we have stories about the creation mm-hmm. and about the creator. So I've got another one here. I got to look it up really quick. Good book opening noise. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Okay, so I'm just going to read this excerpt. It's from uh, that book that I talked about earlier, Giants, Cannibals, and Monsters by Kathy Moskowitz-Strain. Bigfoot in Native Culture. So on page 107, under Drowned Giants in the uh, Pawnee tribe. Okay, Pawnee from Indiana. Yeah. And the source is from Fossil Legends of the First Americans by Adriana Mayer in 2005. The first men who lived on Earth were very large Indians. These giants were very big and very strong, and used to hunt buffalo on foot. They were so swift and strong that he could run down a buffalo and kill it with a great stone or a club, or even with his flint knife. A giant could throw a bull buffalo over his back as a hunter today carries an antelope, and he would tuck a yearling in his belt like a rabbit. But these giants did not believe in Tarawa, the creator. Nowadays, all people... Wherever they live, all Indians, all white men, all Mexicans, and all black men speak to Tarawa and ask that he will give them the right kind of mind and that he will bless them. But the giants of the old days did not respect the Creator, thinking that nothing could overcome them. They grew worse and worse. At last, Tarawa got angry and made the waters rise. The ground became soppy mud. These great people sank down into the mud and were destroyed. The great bones found on the prairie are the bones of these people. Whoa. That one's like too obvious of a parallel to what we've been talking about. I know. It's so, <laughs> I mean, there you've got basically the story of the flood. Yeah. Basically, in a, in a, in a nutshell, if you add in the Book of Enoch. Yeah. If you just go with the uh, like traditional, the way I learned it in Sunday school is like, everybody was bad and they all liked to drink the alcohols and love women. And then God punished them. Well, it does say that they were violent, wickedly violent. The violence had overcome the earth. Mm-hmm. And that there, God looked and there was like, nobody was good. Everybody's bad. But if you look at the uh, original Greek words that describe Noah, it says mm-hmm. that he was pure in his generations. Interesting. So it basically like good is... good bloodline. Yeah, it's basically saying that his genetic... He was or, a stud. Let me say, possibly could be saying that his genetic history was unblemished so he didn't carry the uh dysfunctional yeah you know fallen fallen angel genetics Mm -hmm. and so god destroyed the world to save mankind interesting yeah it's very very interesting when you look at it through that lens so the story it's not it's not exclusive to you know that narrative the mesopotamian narrative whether it's you know the, the book of enoch or the enuma elish or you talk about right. the bible the torah this is about 
a story that is spread across the world. And there are similar stories in almost every major culture. Culture. That's crazy. Even when you come way out west. I mean, like, this area, the Americas, are pretty pretty far away from where every biblical thing, quote-unquote, happened, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's not the Middle East. You never right? hear, like, yeah. the, uh, the children of Israel went to New York City. It's always, like, mm-hmm. babushkaban or something. Yeah. <laughs> and... That sounded Russian. I did. Kabushka. Babushka, I think, means grandma. Anyway, they, they're, they're always going to a, like, Babylon or... It's always some Middle Eastern-sounding name. It's never the things that we recognize. Mm-hmm. But over here, you know, you said Pawnee, right? Pawnee. Pawnee. If anybody's watched Parks and Recreation, Pawnee and Neanderthal is where that takes place. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's taking all of these kind of flood giant Book of Enoch things and kind of bringing them over into our continent. Yeah. And it's basically saying, okay, these kind of narratives exist somewhere else. And it's not just there. I mean, you can go to Africa. You can go to Asia as rich in these kind of narratives. Mm -hmm. There are all these creation stories, all these creation myths that say the same thing when you boil them down. Right. And it wasn't a surprise to me to hear these things in you know, like in Asia or even Egypt, because those mm-hmm. are kind of connected. It's the same continent, right? You could you could walk there, right? Theoretically, yeah. I mean, you can go into uh, Russia. You can go into that whole you can go from continent. Siberia down to whatever, right? France, whatever you want. But here in the Americas, you don't think that you would have that same connection, but you do, and not just from North America, but all the way down through South America. These things are everywhere. This story is everywhere. And so, you know, kind of like we said in our discussion on petroglyphs, where we talked about these symbols kind of hint towards that there's a genesis, that somehow these same stories originated from people who have experienced or knew the same stories around the same time. Mm -hmm. So this is the same thing, but this is in like more of a narrative spoken kind of tradition. Yeah. Oral translation. Yeah, oral oral translation. These things were handed down. They weren't necessarily written on... You know, tablets, right? Yeah, they were handed down orally from generation to generation, and I'm like sure the little orphan Annie, right? Exactly, little orphan Annie by an old guy named John, when he learned it in the fifth grade, many years beyond. Here we go. Little orphan Annie comes to our house to stay to wash the cups and saucers up and brush the crumbs away, to shoo the chickens off the porch and clean the hearth and make the beds and earn a board and keep. And all of us other children, when the supper dishes are done, we sit around the kitchen fire and have the most as fun, a listening to the ghost tales that Granny tell about and the goblins that get you if you don't watch out. For those of you who don't know, Little Orphan Annie, we played in... I think it was one of our... Spooky things, strange, strange things in a spooky, spooky place. place. Spooky <laughs> things in a strange place. Yep. And uh, my grandpa John used to tell me that story when I was little. Around a campfire. Around campfires yeah. or downstairs in the basement with all lights off and a flashlight in his face. So and did you remember that story? Have you? Could you oh, recite yeah. it right now? No. The whole thing? Little, but if you could, that would be an oral tradition. Yep. And luckily now we have the ability to record that. Yeah. But before it was kind of subject to embellishment because it's, you know... Here's the story that my grandpa told. But I bet you they heard the stories a lot more. Yeah, so just like that. So let's carry that theme a little further. If you were to 
have to try to remember that entire story. Mm -hmm. You could probably get 80, 90% of it correct. You could write it down. You could, you could make it up in your head, but you'd probably not remember every detail. Word for word. And yeah. So you'd have to kind of maybe embellish or uh, throw in your own words or your own mm-hmm. thoughts on what Other it was in your, based on your memory. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens in oral tradition. Mm-hmm. So these Native American stories, I'm sure they have some degradation down through time. Like the telephone game. Right. Exactly. You know, we, we got to take this stuff with a grain of salt, but the basic bedrock of these stories are the same as a lot of the stories that we find in other cultures. Mm-hmm. And it's very fascinating. It's super fascinating. Um, so another, another book that I got, I got... I bought a couple books because I wanted to research some of this stuff. Nerd. It's called Giants of the Dawnland, Ancient Wabanaki Tales. I guess that's how you pronounce it. Maybe it's Wabanaki Tales. But it's a collection that was collected by Alice Mead and Arnold Neptune. And uh, it's a little book. And it's got all these stories that kind of, they all kind of run together. They all kind of fit together. The basic part of this entire story is that there were a bunch of bad giants, there were a few good giants, and there were human heroes. <laughs> and the human heroes went out and battled most of the bad giants and killed them with the help of some of the good giants, and then the good giants eventually just died out. Interesting. And the ones that stayed were kind of, they, they hid themselves. So that makes, like, you're talking about a good giant that helps defeat the bad giants, mm-hmm. or a good superhuman that helps defeat the bad superhumans. Yeah. It makes me think of like Hercules. Yeah, it sounds like Greek mythology, like, right? Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. Right, exactly. It makes me think of that where like you've got this guy, he's kind of bad, but he likes people and he goes and he kind of falls in love. But, you know, he's kind of like battling with, is he a god, is he not? Because mm-hmm. he's better than the other people, but he's trying to fit in. But he's, you know. Yeah. And then he goes and he fights all these other Greek, terrible monsters mm-hmm. and these bad evil things and then you go straight to uh like norse like viking yeah same stuff thor odin loki right. all the characters from Ragnarok. the marvel comics and you kind of have the same exact thing yep. like a guy he's like kind of like fallen from his well and you got and you got all these these gods that mm-hmm. are basically having offspring with human women well, yeah. So, demigods. In, in uh, let's Hercules is what we started with. Mm-hmm. He's the byproduct of human and Zeus, right? Right. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. And then there's uh, Thor. He's not necessarily the product of that. Although Loki was adop- adopted by. But who does he get the hots for? A human Natalie woman. Portman, right? <laughs> or Kira Knightley? I don't know. They're the same. Natalie Portman. Okay. Yeah. In that one. Yeah. But anyway. But, but Thor, it's the same kind Thor of thing. gets banished because of his lust for Natalie humanity, I think. Or no, he's a little too arrogant. But but he leaves he, his domain. Yeah, he and like leaves to cohabit for humanity. With, yes. It's like the same kind of thing every time. Yeah. It's yeah. not necessarily that Zeus porked Natalie Porkman, <laughs> but that um, Odin banished. Thor for loving Natalie Portman. Yeah. You know, like there's like a weird parallelism. Isn't that weird? I mean, you think about this. And so even if you break it down to Thunder and Lightning and Zeus and Odin and how they're kind of very similar characters mm-hmm. and they kind of like tear down in the same way. Mm-hmm. And then you have Frost Giants. 
in the Norse mythology. Yes. And how Odin comes, or not Odin, Loki comes from frost giants. And he's he's kind of a conquered heirloom or a like a trophy or but an adopted son of... Oh, it's it's just he, weird he, how there's he, so many. Yeah, similar he's the things. offspring of he's the adopted offspring of these dark creatures, these dark gods or whatever they were. And he's kind of good, kind of bad. Yeah, but then but he's adopted by Odin. And here's the weirdest part: uh-huh. Loki has sex with his mom, his adopted mom, I believe, and he has a horse with eight legs named Sleipnir that Odin rides. Yeah, I don't know what that has to do with anything. <laughs> but that's so messed up. <laughs> That's that's an example of oral uh, tradition, right it there. Is, well, and and you know it's so weird. It's so weird because you think about all this stuff and it kind of gives you a little bit of a head spin, because we live here in what we call reality, but underneath reality, you know, all this stuff like the reality of Google and social networking, and our government and structure, there is something more sinister under the. I don't know. I like to call it the facade, the great facade. It's all a facade. We live in this place and we like to think of certain ways that we've been basically cultured to believe our entire lives. But underneath that is the subcurrent of all these weird things Mm -hmm. that we don't think about very much because, well, you know, it's crazy. And it's for people on the fringe, people that are out there. But man, if you start poking that thing, Mm -hmm. if you start lifting the hood... On that Cadillac. You start thinking, oh my gosh, what is going on? Yep. And I don't know. I, I find it fascinating. I find it a little bit creepy. I don't find it uh, necessarily like scary. Although I think it it's wise to have a little bit of caution with it. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's something that it's not bad to open your eyes to. Because let's just say something crazy happened. Something supernatural happened. Something opened up. Something portal. a portal like or, in that Avengers movie where like all those <laughs> right and then the like giant worm whales come out of the sky yeah like that something like that happens or like what if what if like an alien actually showed up an alien yeah, or that, or that would be an alien what if a Bigfoot showed up what if somebody captured a giant that couldn't phase back into his dimension if he's interdimensional yeah he's stuck what if there was some kind of weird contact like that made I know like if you get into like the conspiracy sites. People talk about that there are portals that have been opened between this world and and this other dimension forever, and that there are basically sub-governments, clandestine organizations that exist that are doing business with these entities on the other side of these portals, and they're giving us all kinds of information, and in exchange, we're doing all these weird things. Um, What if something happened that some of that was actually real all of a sudden? Right. Well, it's like that, uh, I've mentioned this before, I think, but like that that uh, episode of, um, is it George Nori, Coast to Coast? Yeah, Coast to Coast AM with George Nori. And uh, the guy calls in, he's like, hey, he's I used to work at Area 51, and he's all scattered in his voice, and he's talking about how it's interdimensional, and how mm-hmm. these things and the other dimension want them, and it's all scary, and then, pew! That's yep. the only time that the George Norrie show has ever gone off line. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah, disconnected. And it's like, oh, boy. Something bad it. That fits this narrative I'm putting together in my head. <laughs> that is so weird. But what if that's legit? What if that's actually what, you know, what if there is actually some crazy Area 51 multidimensional monster yep. upside down from 
Stranger Things. So here, here's something to think about. And I talked a little bit about this in some of our previous episodes. So the only difference is in the difference of the labels that we put on things. Mm-hmm. If you add different words, all of a sudden it doesn't make much difference. Like for me, I was raised in a Judeo-Christian family and I have all this these verbiages that I use or that I was taught to explain certain things. So it had things like angels and demons. It had things like, you know, heaven and hell. It had words about, you know, creatures that were giants and that were angelic beings that did certain things. And there's a lot of things that were supernatural Mm -hmm. in that, well, Judeo-Christian background. Yeah. So, All I have to do is shuffle that and change the words to, I can put aliens, I can put Bigfoot, I can put giants, I can put all kinds of stuff. I can put interdimensional portals. Right. I can put UFOs. All of a sudden, if something showed up in my existence, my reality, from a different dimension or from outer space or from heaven or from a portal or from a rapture, they are all the same. Right. They could be all the same. So so my understanding might have a different word, but the basic component of what it is yeah. is still the same. It's kind of like if you were to take the word ghost, and then you can change that word into spirit. Yes. You can change that word into demon, and then you can change spirit also into your... your you could cognitive. say Elohim. From spirit, you can go to your... Um, Consciousness? Consciousness. Yeah. And then, so spirit can be you, or spirit can be a demon. Mm-hmm. But you can go from demon, you can go to angel, fallen angel, and then you mm-hmm. can go, so now a ghost could be an angel. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like all these things kind of tie together, if that makes any sense. Yeah, they totally they're do. They're all the same names, they're all the same kind of thing, but they're the there's same no, concept with different names. Yeah, but it's all, it's all the basic remnant, remnants of consciousness. So, yeah, it makes total sense that those things can be in another dimension, plane, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. them. If you want to totally fall down the rabbit hole. And you have the, the concept of simulation. So, you know, the scientists have said, maybe this is all a simulation. We just exist. We're AI in some supercomputer, right? So what if all of these words, all of these things, all of these experiences, all of these things that kind of tie together are the same thing in the simulation of something that is taking place and transpiring, but isn't necessarily unique to our description in our own existence. It's like you're playing the same video game, but you've changed the the language that the video games give. Language, color, you've created your own avatars. Yeah. So basically all of those things that could be, you know, something else in the game, you just basically say, okay, those are now these things in the game. It's a choose-your-own-adventure, but the storyline's the same. But it's in, like yeah. Skyrim. Mm-hmm. And your, your AI, your, you know, how yeah. you make you your can, own character You can choose at the beginning. to be like a goblin or like a yeah. Viking troll or mm-hmm. a, a demon hunter witch or a, mm-hmm. a goon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. yeah, yeah, it's true. But at the same time, it's like your AI, your existence, your creature of whatever you are is not chosen by you. It was chosen for you. Yeah. So. so that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> Jinx, when you kiss me, tell us your name. 
<laughs> yeah. So it was chosen for you. You know, that gets t- down to the basic nitty gritty of, well, okay, of what is what human? What continent are you on? What continent? Basically. Oh, but, yeah, kind of. Yeah. What kind of... Uh, what tribe are you in? What tribe? What, what continent? What creation? What how, AI are you? How is this story relayed to you? Mm-hmm. You know. So the development of this AI or the development of your consciousness eventually will, if you follow the Judeo-Christian narrative, will be rebooted. So the difference between you and other AI is that if you are human, you were created in the image of the creator. Mm -hmm. And what is that image? What does he do? Well, the creator creates. Creates. Right. right. So humans create, which is obvious. I mean... Just look at our computers, look at our technology. All of these things are on an exponential growth scale. Mm-hmm. They get more and more and more as you go along. That is the that is maybe the quality of God that he is bestowed. He is a creator, but he's also good. He's true in all of these things. So interject inside of this, this uh, well, let's call it a virus that manipulates and confuses and congests and destroys and basically changes the AI to become wicked. Do you think that that was a, uh, this virus, quote unquote, was a a planned assault by a hacker, quote unquote, that wants to kind of be in God's image, that wants to be a creator, and there's a form of jealousy and these things that weren't created in the image of the creator are constantly trying to hack their way into the the image of the creator so that they can they too can create and they too can be a part of this thing that was created good because they didn't receive the same treatment because they Do you think that's kind of what that. happened well maybe those things were not created to be creators mhm but servants maybe and they didn't like that and they wanted to be creators well, imagine they're trying to hack their way into a, a dimension a world where they are creators so they're creating their own world that's all jumbled up because it's not good except for that their creation their creativity is actually not creativity it is destructivity it is the destruction of the creation because that is not part it's of their bad creativity. Yeah, it's the ulti- it's the opposite of creativity. No. Well, they're creating No, in my mind. I mean, I'm just thinking oh. that's that would be so what I'm saying is cuz we're talking about Bigfoot. Yes. We're talking about the the potential for something to be trying and that's kind of what I think both of us I don't think we think it's a biological creature that's naturally just good at hiding. No, not unless not unless there was a biological suit made to house That's, an entity. Yeah, yes. but that wouldn't be a biological thing. You can't ha- make something biological; it would be tampered with. It well, would be isn't it biological? Isn't it interesting that if there was something that was created to be a biological suit, that it would have to be created by humankind rather than the actual entity that needed the biological suit? Thus, the so need you're for humanity. My gum. Okay, sorry. So. We're we're saying it's not a biological natural animal that runs around and is good at hiding. Right. We're saying that it's potentially something being used to break its way into our 
world into our humanity possibly i mean we are way out there but yes possibly maybe there's (laughs) a group out there that wishes it was made in the image of the creator and it's creating its own messed up version of what is not good to break into what is good exactly yes and it's trying to form its way into our society and then you get reptilian you know, government and all this oh, yeah. weird stuff. It totally where, goes crazy from there. Where things are getting even worse because <laughs> right now we're off the chains. Yeah. We're talking about cattle mutilation, Sasquatch children of cows that yep. are trying to hack their way into humanity. So one thing that's weird but here. I, I don't know how else you can explain Shaquille O'Neal, <laughs> Yao Ming. Right? <laughs> well... So there is, you know, there are genetic mutations that are obviously not because of some kind of weird, you know, demonic kind of influence. But it is weird to think about that. And we are way down the rabbit hole on this. I mean, we started it like Native American Legends of Bigfoot. And we're (laughs) way down here. But it's fun to ponder. And if we've lost you, I apologize for that. Because, I mean, that's kind of like we went from like, oh... You know, 101 all the way down to like graduate level kind of conspiracy and mm-hmm. angiology and all kinds of weird and stuff. Nerd. Yeah, but on the surface level, I mean, basically you have two options. A Bigfoot. He's either a biological, natural occurring kind of creature. Mm-hmm. He's an ha- animal. that has. Yeah, he's an animal that has no supernatural kind of... Or he is something other than that. Yeah. Now, in that other than that... There are several categories you could subdivide. Right. You could say he's he's a uh, biological genetic manipulation. He could be a chimera. He could be a synthetic. He could be a multidimensional creature. Um, you know, you could you could go down that that even whole a list. robot. I've heard. Yeah. Or like a some kind of conspiracy. Miss. What do they call it? Well, that was a really famous uh, Six Million Dollar Man episode where he meets the uh, Bigfoot, and it's a robot Bigfoot. That's a great episode, by the way. False information. Like, he could be something just to distract the economy and Mm -hmm. change people's perception of reality. Or Or get their mind off maybe something that's true. Misinformation, that's a thing. But you don't know. You don't know. But we do know that. It's not a modern invention. Because of our Native American examples, there are hundreds of them in this book. Right. And not, I mean, you don't even have to get this book, although I would suggest that I'll put a link to it on the website and you can check it out. Um, if you go to our website, um, there's a blog that I do that has basically a kind of a, I don't know, it's just a little supplement to every episode that we do. And it has some of the links to information that we share mm-hmm. or maybe the music. Show content. Yeah. I, I kind of, you know, kind of use the fair use license and throw a lot of like um, little musical interludes and things like that in. Um, go to our website. There are links to all that stuff. But there's a link to this book. And uh, you can check it out and buy it if you're so inclined. It's awesome. And uh, that's there for you if you need it. subscribe to everything we got facebook yeah, yeah. instagram um stitcher like we said earlier mm-hmm. and, and just Spotify, so you know everything. there's a lot more coming i mean we haven't even scratched the surface on strange things you so, know yeah like from where we're at right now 
we can go all different directions. There's rabbit trails shooting off all over this forest. Oh my gosh. We yeah. can talk about other cryptids. Like yep. water Nessie. babies. Yeah. Nessie. Just go on, yeah. yeah. Mothman. Aliens. Mm-hmm. We can talk about Heck, we ghost could do, taunty things. We could do a topic of every single type of Bigfoot creature across the planet. It would take us yeah. probably a year. Years. I think yeah. it would take us forever. Because they're everywhere. Popping up all the time. Yeah. We are so, not short of content. Yeah, there's a lot of strange thing in this strange place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, in this place called Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to keep doing this. We're having good times. We're having fun. You know, we take a lighthearted approach. Some of this stuff might be a little more sinister and might be a little more serious, but we just trust that there are bigger and better things for all of us. And, you know, the more we know, the better. Right. And uh, what what's that old saying? I attribute it to, I know I heard uh, a guy named Chuck Mistler say this. And he said that it's for God's glory that he conceals a mystery and it's for man's privilege to uncover it or discover it. Mm. And I love that saying. So this creation, if you are so inclined to believe that it is a creation or this universe, if you're not inclined to believe it has within it tons of mysteries. Oh yeah. And it's not only our privilege, but it's also something innate within us to discover as humans, as yep. creators. What led those people out? Lewis and Clark and stuff. Mm-hmm. To, to discover Seek them. more new things. Discovery. This podcast, as silly as it is, is our attempt to do those things. Mm-hmm. And to go out and discover. And, and we're creating something as we go. Yep. But hey, one thing we should do before we wrap up this episode. I know that we didn't go... I mean, there are so many, literally so many stories on Native American mythologies about a bigfoot type creature i don't even know where to go we could i mean we could spend months mm-hmm. i mean this book probably has a hundred or so stories and that's just scratching the surface but they're everywhere to me all of a sudden the whole idea of and concept of giants it kind of gets married into the bigfoot type thing although i think they're different in some ways because the giants seem to be more uh, even organic. though they're huge, but they're also very human. They're, yeah, they're organic. They're like yeah, but natural, Bigfoot almost. tends to be almost beast-like. Mm-hmm. So one thing that was very interesting, I think we we touched on in our last episode, was the Provo sighting of Bigfoot down in Utah, Utah. and that there was a connection there with ancient, well, not ancient, but old LDS literature that the Provo giant had met a fellow and I can't remember his name. I'll put it on the website if I if I look it up. But basically this guy walked with the Bigfoot for a while and then Bigfoot basically said, Hey, I'm I'm Kane. That's weird. Basically can't die. And that's because I'm Kane. I'm the guy who killed Abel. And the mark that was given to me so that people wouldn't kill me was all this ugly hair and stuff. And basically, I've been alive forever, and it's I can't kill. His lineage and his yeah. life that's causing these hairy monsters. Yeah, so that basically they're saying that this, uh, the descendants of Cain are or were Bigfoot, Sasquatch. Crazy. Yeah, so these things all over the world are basically the lineage of Cain. And, you know, take it for what you will. It's not official, any kind of official LDS doctrine, but it is there in their folklore. Right. So anyway, uh, I would encourage everybody, if you would, 
we're getting an uptick in listeners to uh, like us on your favorite podcasting app or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Go to our Facebook page, um, A Strange Thing Podcast. We have a group on Facebook called A Strange Thing Group. And like us, share us. I mean, the more people we can get watching, the better. And the more things that we can talk about and more adventures we can have and share with you. Um, right now, we do this totally for free, for fun, and we love it, and we'll keep doing it. Goofballs. But if we can get a little bit of uh, revenue coming in, that would be awesome, because then we could go out and maybe go a little further mm-hmm. from where we are geographically. I'm thinking, you know, we get some people following us, get some supporters. We make our way down to Mexico, Cancun area. Mm-hmm. Check out uh, Chichen Itza, that pyramid. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And spend the rest of the time on a resort <laughs> doing some deep sea fishing and some <laughs> yeah, some uh, swim. There's a lot of weird cryptids in the, in the ocean, you know. Yeah, yeah we could Although find if we, if we go to the ocean and we start talking about ocean monsters... I might not like the ocean anymore. <laughs> yeah. This is terrifying. There is some scary stuff yeah. about the ocean. Heck, there's scary stuff about everything. Right. You know, you read some of these stories about Bigfoot, and then you read about the number of people that have gone missing in national parks. Right. That'll kind of freak you out. Yeah. Because these people just go disappearing. Nothing is ever found. Nothing ever. What happened to them? That's pretty cool. Or they do find it, and it's like their hip was placed gingerly on a rock at the top of a peak. Whoa. Yeah, but at least there they're found. The ones that weird me out are like the ones that have just been like pulled through a portal. Yep. Basically. To the upside down. Yep. But hopefully we didn't deter you too much with our Bible babble. I think most of our audience has probably familiarity with a Judeo-Christian kind of experience. Right. Whether they believe it or not, I have no idea. Everybody has to come to their own decisions and own understanding on their own time well anyway it's been a fun discussion i know we kind of uh, diverted and went deep into like or some weird territory for a lot of people oh yeah. but hang in there with us we're going to talk more about bigfoot in our next episode i'm not sure exactly austin where we're going to go in our next episode i don't really know either other than it's going to be bigfoot oriented <laughs> so with that why don't you close this out with the way that only you can I think you guys should join us next time for some cold drinks and some strange conversation. Some very strange conversation. Bye, guys. Taters. Taters. Taters.